0: Great presence of the Lord here. We thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for making the effort, to not that it's an effort to come to church. It's a, it's a privilege. It's a, it's a great thing to be able to come together. There is a, uh, was a lady that was in church just the other Sunday, and she comes from a country. I won't tell you the name of the country, but she said that every, everyone or ev- nearly every Christian pastor in that country is in jail. She herself has been in jail for her faith as well. And, um, and some people in our part of the country struggle to get to church on a Sunday. It's kind of, it's, sometimes you've got to kind of put things in perspective. You, know, you can be overwhelmed by some of your, what you experience in your life, but nothing like a little bit of perspective to help rebalance where you are. I do encourage you to uh, stand with us and pray at the moment. Um, we are expecting for a great weekend next weekend. However, there are, there's opposition. So I do encourage you just to stand with us in prayer. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to just bring out in the message uh, a little bit more about it. But I, I, I do want you to just please stand with us in prayer. I do believe that God has wanted to do something powerful in our midst. It's not just about the fact of having a guest speaker, it's, it's far deeper than that. But I want to encourage you just to stand with us in prayer. Um, again, we're just facing some challenges, but that's opposition. And we are born for challenges, Amen. <laughs> we are born for challenges. I'd encourage a couple of people here this morning. I don't normally bring a prophetic word like this, but anyway, I'm going to bring it. And uh, one of the things I felt in my heart as I was praying just this morning uh, is for people here who uh, are looking and believing for a spouse. Hello. Don't worry, I'm not going to bring you out. No, I'm not going to bring you out. But I just felt the Lord. I felt. I felt this. There's going to be four weddings in our church in the space of a year. By the end of the next year, I believe there be going to be four weddings, or at least there's going to be at least four engagements. Anyway, maybe that encourages. You. you know, the Lord knows the desires of our heart. The Lord, you know, He places the solitude and families, but He also creates. Husbands and wives, he brings husbands and wives for, for people who who's, um, uh, just need that in their life. He also fills the barren womb. Um, this is our God, and uh, I want to encourage you, if you're here today, you may not even be looking at this point, but it doesn't really matter. Sometimes this God can just turn it on just like that, amen? God just brings something into your life, and uh, so I pray for you. I uh, also want to bless our, our Asian people this morning. And uh, I love Bay City and the fact that we have so many different ages and we have so many different cultures. And if you're here and your origins are from Asia today, I want to bless you. Um, especially our Malaysian, Indian, really do. And this, is, this is your home here. You don't, I, 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 I don't want you to feel like a stranger. This is your home. And for years we have sown into the countries of Asia. Uh, because we love the Asian people, you are—you've always been our family, and uh, so today I want to bless you. I bless your future. I bless your, uh, as you've laid your roots in this country. I bless you, and I call you forth into the fullness of what God has for you to be. Amen. Is that all right? It just uh, again, just want to come back to the Shekinah glory. Um, not really what I'm going to preach this morning on, but uh, there was a. I read an article during the week about people's experience, uh, say the experience of sailors when they saw a nuclear bomb go off, and uh, even years later, as they gave testimony of their experiences, what it was like, they said that the flash or the brightness was, in they spoke with terror in their voice as they witnessed the power of this force. They said that the, the brightness of the explosion was so bright that it could permeate through every part. In other words, you could see the skeletal tissue inside the person's body. That's how bright and that's how powerful it was. And just as I was worshipping, just as we're praying and we're singing the song, the Shekinah Glory, you know when the glory of God comes, uh, for some people it does bring terror. Uh, but actually, the Bible—the the glory of God is so bright. and When the glory of God comes, it's much more brighter, much more powerful than a nuclear bomb going off. But what it does do is this, it shines through every part of our heart, and there's nothing that can be hidden from Him. And I want to encourage you that as the glory of God comes, let your heart be open. You know, sometimes when the glory of God comes, it stirs things up in our soul, stirs things up. And I want to encourage you to, when you feel a stirring in your heart, to allow it, just open up your heart, to say, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Come and close, be close to my life. Be close into my heart. Amen? Oh, just something to share with you anyway. I want to encourage you with this, with this message this morning. And uh, for many of us, we are we're always searching for greater things than God. I guess we could say that. It, it, this, this particular piece of scripture, it, it comes in the tail end of Moses' life. It's probably, he probably writes this, it's likely to be in the last month or two months of his life. After he's brought the people out of slavery, out of slavery, they've journeyed through the desert for a number of years, and now they're inside of the promised land. So, all of us are in that journey. I have been preaching on this to a little bit, but all of us are looking to some degree of uh, the promises or the fullness of God. Another way, another way we could say that would be a greater spiritual enlightenment in our life. And everywhere we go, people uh, people are uh, people are searching for something. People are searching for more of God, people are hungry for more of God, people are hungry or, 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 or looking for keys to unlock them into the next level of their destiny, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I mean, I do that, I mean, there are things that I look for, I, I, uh, I'm always hungry to walk into the fullness of what God has for us, and if I could really sum it up, my heart for this church is this, is that every individual here discovers that and walks in that, and uh, I want to bring this... Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, and verse 11 to 14. So Moses is saying this. He said, Now I am commanding you today that it is not too difficult for you, or is it beyond your reach? It is not... So he's talking about the commandments. He's talking about the, the, the promise of promises of God. It is not in the heavens, no, not way up in the heavens, and that you would have to ask, who will ascend into the heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it? Nor is it beyond the sea. So that you will have to ask, who will cross the sea and get it and proclaim it to us that we may obey it? No, the word is very near you. Somebody say, very near me. It is very near me. He says, it is in your mouth and it is in your heart that you may obey it. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 30. And then the apostle Paul picks it up in Romans chapter 10, verse 5 to 10. He goes, for Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who says, who, man who does these things, shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way: Do not say in your heart, "Who will ascend to the heaven?" Question mark That is to bring Christ down from above, or who will send descend into the abyss? That is to raise Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you; it is in your mouth, and it is in your heart. If you uh, if you if you like theology and play on words, you can see that Apostle Paul is using uh, the text. Uh, historical text, to, and he's, he's, he's adapting it a little bit to create a different message. The word is near you. He said it is in your mouth and it is in your heart. You see here, he repeats the same line. And it, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. One of the things I noticed was this is that the, the statement that, the apostle, um, that Moses made, at the end of his life, he could foresee, prophetically foresee, what the Jewish people were likely to do. In other words, he'd got them right to the promised land. He wasn't going to cross into themself, but he could foresee what they were likely to do. And what he for, could foresee actually happened. In other words, what happened was, when they walked into the promised land, uh, one of the things we... Uh, without going too much into history, one of the things that, were, that, that, that the Jews would do was they would continually turn their heart towards other things aside from where the promise was. So the Bible said, he said that the promise is in your heart already. It he said it's not way over there and it's not way up there. It is in your heart. But yet, when you look at the journey of the Israelite people or the Jewish people, one of the things that you would see is there was a tendency to try and either fit in to other cultures, or there was a tendency to turn to the cultures of other nations. And you'll see where when they when they dwelt in particular lands, instead of remaining true to the promise, actually that the, that the promises are close to us, that the presence of God is close to us, their heart and their eyes turn to other things. You can see that all the way through. You also notice this in recent history, that the Jewish people ended up, instead of celebrating the promise that was inherent inside of them, the promise that God had blessed them with, one of the things that they started to do was they either tried to fit in with other cultures or they they started to enrich other cultures aside from their own. In other words, there seemed to be a propensity to instead of looking to the closeness of God or the promises of God that was close and that what Moses said, they ended up looking for... uh, Either looking for somebody up here, a great guru that would bring down heaven, or some, or they would try and find it in other cultures. One of the things that you'll find is even this, even with anti-Semitism, that when even when people, uh, even when the Jews walked away from their Jewish culture to a certain degree, it didn't take away anti-Semitism; it actually increased it. So one of the things you would find is that the people of God did exactly the opposite to what Moses encouraged them to do. He said, the promise is in your heart, it's in your mouth. It's not far away, it's not too hard for you, it is right here. So why then is there a propensity? And one of the things I noticed too, even in modern day, it wasn't until basically the the 1960s that there's been a, a, a returning of the Jewish people back to their own culture. One of the things I noticed too is this about, the same thing as the wider people of Christ, many of us, we often are searching for the fullness of God, but we're looking for it in other places, the very places aside from where it's actually at. In other words, when there's a revival that happens up overseas, there's a whole call of people that go over there. Uh, When somebody uh, starts to talk about amazing spiritual experiences, we start to gravitate towards them. One of the things that we do is we look at all the very, very places where we're hoping to find the fullness of God, yet the fullness of God, everything that God has for you one, it has already been fulfilled by the blood of Jesus Christ. There is one person that has ascended into heaven, his name is Jesus Christ, and he will come again 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 one day, but yet he has given us his Holy Spirit. So in other words, this, one of the things you notice about with what uh, with one of the big differences between what Moses has said and what Paul has said, they both basically say the same thing, but there are two there's very slight, subtle difference in there. One you see in the, in the first one with Moses you see, the third, you see the word obey used a lot. Paul has emphasized, actually, it's by faith and the confession of our faith in Jesus Christ that causes us to receive these things. So one of the things that, um, and, and, and that there is the difference between religion and Christianity, is that uh, the presence of God or the promises of God or the blessings of God are, are obtained by the things that we do. In other words, if we just do the right things, if we just do the X, Y, Z, then we'll be able to walk into the fullness of God. Subtle differences, but yet the, the the issue still remains the same. The promises of God are already here. All that God has called you to be, and all that God has called us to be, it has already been fulfilled, and it is already inside of you. It is already within you. If there is a propensity to keep looking For other places and keep looking to spiritual people or to look at overseas ministries, it's all good and fine. But the danger in in that is that we can end up looking over the sea and asking the same question what ministry could we bring in? What ministry can I start to watch on YouTube? that will do something for me that will lift up my spiritual enlightenment or my spiritual experience, that will help me. to walk. Uh, it's the same pattern that goes time and time again. We look in all the places except the very place that we should be looking. Hello? <laughs> I, I tell you, I, I experienced this myself. Interesting that it often seemed that the longing we have for spiritual enlightenment is, direct, is in direct proportion to its distance, to its foreignness, To its wackiness, (laughs) to its out there ness, if that is even a word, it's just a word that I made up. You know what I mean, though. You get the gist of what I'm saying. It's almost like we we prefer the far to the near. Hello. We prefer or we want what God is doing over there as opposed to what God is doing here. Oh, I want that person's experience. Well, that sounds a pretty cool experience with the Lord. I want that. And you'll find, and even myself, I found that I had a propensity to want what God is doing over there and neglect. Actually, what God wants to do is already in me. It's already here. It just needs to come out. The answer is not over there. The answer is in here. Does that make sense? There's nothing wrong with what God's doing over there. And and, I'll unpack this a little bit for you. It often seems that the deepest roots of spirituality don't come from over there. They come from inside of us. When you give your heart to Jesus, when you allow the Holy Spirit to come and work in our life, the fullness of God is already within you. The issue is not over there. The issue is not external. The issue really remains... What is in my heart that needs to turn towards the Lord? What in my heart needs to be ploughed? What in my life needs to be shaped in order that what God has placed in us and, me, and you and me comes out? Hello, the amount of people I see that are looking for, you know, they sow into ministries overseas, but they ain't ministry, they're not going to visit you when you're sick. They might send you an email, but they're not going to come and I was going to say buy you a beer, but it's probably not the right. (laughs) Well, you're having a hard day. You're not going to come down and take you out for a couple of non-alcoholic beers. interesting that the law of Moses says that the Lord is, God is near and righteousness is accessed through doing certain things. And there is truth to that. But in the New Covenant, Roman, in Romans 10, Paul is referring to the same Scripture. However, the covenant has been shifted closer. It's not that he's just close, but he is now within, and he is working within us. So there's something about the nearness or the closeness of God. But the big difference with the Old Testament and the New Testament is that in the Old Testament, the Lord was close. But in the New Testament, actually, He lives within us. He lives within inside of you in spite of, in spite of the, the challenges that you face and, and you and I face. In spite, of, in spite of all this, in spite of the truth that we know and hear that the Holy Spirit is working inside of us, we still have a propensity to look over there for our enlightenment. I'll encourage you with this. Uh, there is only one person, like I said, who has ascended into heaven. That is Christ. So any person, it doesn't matter whether you're a new Christian here, it doesn't really matter if you have not received Jesus Christ. The issue is simply this, if you have faith in your heart and faith that what Jesus Christ has done is more than enough for everything that you need, and by faith it doesn't matter if, you're, if you haven't ticked all the right boxes or whatever. It's got nothing to do with that anymore. At the end of the day, it comes down to this. The new covenant is this. If you have faith in your heart that Jesus Christ has forgiven you from sin and that he is more than enough and he is working a good work inside of you, then that is all you need to know. And by faith, confess it over your life, and by faith, act it out. See, faith is not just an intellectual head knowledge. And for me, one of the things I, I, I've got to keep working through is that Part of what I do is I study a lot, but I've got to be careful that I don't study too much to the point where it all becomes head knowledge for me, and I'm not working it out in my own life. At least when I preach to you, I've become disqualified because I haven't applied it into my own life. So one of the big things for me is simply this. The faith that I preach, funny enough, I do this. as so I go back through my messages and allow those messages to speak into my heart afresh because most of the time, in fact, 99.9% of the time, every message that I speak or bring to you, is something that God is speaking to me in my own heart about. And so I want to encourage you today that uh, everything that we have, everything, the apostle that God has called me to be, I might not be yet there, but it's in me. It's it's there. Uh, and for you, you may be here, it may be your first time here. It doesn't really matter. Wherever you are, whatever your stage is in the life, everything that God has for you, is already one being done and as is accessible to you simply by faith and simply by believing. Not just by thinking it up here, but by actually working on it and believing in your heart. I knew that one day that God had called me to be a preacher. I wanted to be able to preach like my dad. The problem was this. I wasn't very good at speaking. I still struggled a little bit. I was nervous. I didn't like getting up in front of people. So one of the things I did, this is what faith does. This is the difference between wishful thinking and faith. One of the things I would do is I'd come down here by myself and I would turn the microphone, I'd turn the system on, and I'd get this microphone, not this exact microphone, but one of the things I would do is with nobody here, I would start to practice. Nobody here. In fact, I practiced what I'm doing now years before I even started to do it. <laughs> Why? It was kind of strange, man. It was kind of weird. I had a weird giggle to myself, had a little party by myself here. But one of the things was this. I'd pull imaginary people out and prophesy over them, and believe that the presence of God would touch their lives and encourage them. But yet, at the same time, I struggled to speak. So that is that is a faith. I didn't know, I didn't have anything to preach as such. But yet, I'd I'd study, I'd 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 take notes, and because I knew that one day I'd need to have a a, a library of resource inside of my heart that I'd need to be able to access from and draw from to be able to preach to the people. That so I studied. That's why I took a lot of notes. So for people that re- you really feel it in your heart to be preaching, one of the things that will demonstrate this will be this. Are you taking notes? It may seem a very simple thing, but there was, there's a tale of two farmers. Both of them prayed for God to bless their flock, bless their crops. One stayed praying, but the other prayed and also plowed the field. Which one had the faith? Hello? Which one had the faith? The one that both prayed and plowed the field. Uh, and I encourage you today. Whatever God has placed in your heart, you can't just sit there and pray and, and hope one day that it's all going to happen for you. No, you have to put some mahi into it. You have to start to plough your field. Let me just open up the scripture a little bit more. So the question would be this: Why is it that I do bring overseas people in, such as Prophet Tamara? Why? I have this people. I have. I've, I've had people ask this question, even on social media. Why, why do we need to bring somebody like this in? What's the whole point? Why is it that we go to all this effort, if, if everything that we have is already here, why then go to the expense and the stress and the effort of bringing somebody in? Why then do we do that? Let me explain why. Are you ready? Yeah. It's not just because he's a good speaker. It's not just because he can pull some pretty cool prophetic tricks out of the Bible. No, no it's, it's, it's much deeper than that. It's much deeper than that. Let me explain a little bit what. If you understand what fire is, fire, in order to make a fire, you need three elements. What do you need? You need breath, you need oxygen, you need substance or fuel, and you need an ignition source. Right? If you don't have any, if you you have two but not three, you'll struggle to make a fire. If you have one, And not three, you'll struggle to make a fire. However, if you have all three present together, the likelihood of having a fire is very high. So how then do you make a fire? You have to actually ignite something of substance in order for that to come alive. The question is this. You can have somebody that can come in. So when I bring a prophet in or when I bring a a ministry in, my intention is this. Is not to be the magic pearl that we bring from overseas and to fulfill, fulfill our, all our desires and to bring all our promises into fruition. No. Ah, oh, darn it. That would have been the easy way. <laughs> uh, it would have been easy just to have somebody prophesy over you and, and have everything that he prophesied come to fruition, just like that, without having us to do anything. Ah, oh, really? No, no, no. Let me explain. What happens is this, when a prophet or a ministry like that comes in, it is like the match head striking on something. If there's no substance or if there's no oxygen, nothing's going to ignite. However, if there is a substance, somebody say substance, if there is a substance that you have built, we have built into our life, if there is a substance that we have built into us as a church, if there is a substance that we have deliberately built into our spirit life, whenever a man of God or a woman of God comes along and brings a word, what that does in the spirit is simply does this. When we create an atmosphere of oxygen of the Holy Spirit, we have built substance in our life, and what it takes is somebody to come through and strike a match in our life that we could ignite. The issue is this. The substance has already got to be inside of you. If there is no substance inside of you, it doesn't matter who comes and strikes the uh, strikes the place. Nothing will ignite unless we've built fuel inside of our life. What is substance? The Bible says this in Hebrews 11 that faith is the. Come on, faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. You can have a ministry come in. But if there's no faith that has been built in their life, if we don't come with expectancy, if we haven't put the mahi in, if we haven't ploughed the field of our heart, and uh, we can't expect somebody to come in and ignite us because there's no fuel there to ignite. Hello? If we are expecting somebody to come in and bring a prophetic word that just changes our whole life without us having to do anything that is just the same as looking for somebody to come in from over the sea or descend from the heavens to do something. It's not going to happen. Darn it. I love what, um, uh, I love what some people have done. I love what Jared and Shirley have done. They've got a prophetic word. The immediate thing that they did afterwards, they started to put that word into action. And now they have a business. Woo! Faith is the substance. To ignite the substance, it has to be built already in our life, in our heart. How do we get it there? The Bible says this in Deuteronomy chapter 20 and chapter 32 and verse 2. This is basically the last words of Moses. Right? It's, song of, it's called the Song of Moses. And he says these words. Let my teaching or let my ministry drop as the rain. Huh? Let my ministry drop as the rain. Let my, so, so Moses was a teacher, he was a prophet. He, essentially, he's saying this. Let my ministry or the word of God that comes through my life, let it drop as the rain. Let my speech distill as the dew. As rain drops on the tender herb and like showers... On the grass. In order to get anything to grow, you speak to anyone that's in agriculture or farming, there's a number of things that we can do. We can plough the field. We can fertilise the soil. We can cultivate what needs to be cultivated. We can sow the seeds. But the one thing that everything else depends upon is the rain coming. There's some things that are outside of our control and we just have to allow the Holy Spirit to come. When we bring a minister and when I uh, bring a prophet or somebody in like that, I'm believing that the rain will fall on what's one, been cultivated, and two, what's been sown. If there's no cultivation, if there's no sowing, even if the rain does come, nada. (laughs) My encouragement for us is this. I believe that the greatness and the fullness of God is already here. The question will be this. And for me, I'm asking the same questions. To whom am I looking? To whom am I really looking? It's easy for me to say that I'm looking to Christ. But in reality, actually, sometimes I look to people. It's just my... That's just where I'm at. Sometimes, and I do look to people. I honor people. I put faith and trust in people. I do honor people. But sometimes, I've got to ask myself that question. Actually, who am I looking to, really? If I was truly honest with my own heart, actually, am I just looking for somebody to bring a magic pill and just release something and make everything all good? If only I got this prophetic word. If only I got this person to lay hands on me. This person's more anointed than the other person. Okay. Then you're looking to a man or looking to a woman. It's the same trap. You're looking to somebody who's ascended to the heavens that would bring it down. You're looking for somebody over the other side of the sea that would bring it to us. It's the same pattern going over and over again. Same thing Moses warned against. The same thing Apostle Paul talked about. No, no, no. To whom are you looking? Are we looking to a man or a woman of God? Or we're looking to the person of Jesus Christ. My heart for you is this is that one that you don't look to me or any other man or woman. Yeah, there are only two genders. (laughs) My goal is to point you towards the one that can fulfill it. To whom are you looking? To where are we looking? Where are we looking to find what we're looking for? Are we looking externally and external events? Are we looking at external behaviour? Where are we looking? I encourage you to mull over these questions for yourself. To whom are we looking? Where are we looking? Are we looking across the sea? Or are we looking in our heart? Because sometimes we don't like what we see in our heart. Sometimes we have an idea, whether we're aware of it or not, that we're conscious of what we see in our heart. And because we're conscious of it, we form the assumption that God's also conscious of it. And because God's conscious of it, then he'll avoid us. No, that's not the truth. By faith, Christ is more than enough. Regardless of what you're aware of or what you're not aware of in your heart. Actually, the answer is Christ. What are we doing to exercise or to build that substance in our heart? What are we doing? How is faith built? How is it built? It's not going to just happen by itself. No substance happens by itself. We have to do something. We have to exercise. You look at Mr. T. Where's Tavani? Man, you do not get those muscles from, you built them. They didn't build them. Oh, maybe for, yeah. <laughs> they did build themselves. This church didn't build itself. Yeah. It's part of our theme is, is build. Yeah. Nothing builds by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Finances don't necessarily build by themselves. Nothing builds by itself. Faith yeah. won't build by itself. You have to do something. Yeah. One of my roles is this. is to spread the fertilizer. Mm. One of my functions as a pastor, just one of them, <laughs> is to spread the fertilizer. Fer- fertilizer alone won't do everything. Fertilizer is like encouragement for many people. Yeah. They just say, baby, bring me the fertilizer. to sweeten my life. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm awesome. <laughs> just encourage me. We need that. But that one element alone won't do it. Because if the ground is hard, if the soil is hard, you can put fertilizer on it, but it'll just be washed away when the rain does come. One of my, th- one of my roles is also, and not just mine, but ministries in the church, is to pull out the weeds. One of my functions too and functions of a ministry is this is to plough the field. In other words, I watched the diggers down the road there, you know, the ground was all it looked hard. But then the, the big tractor comes along and he he runs through the field and turns all the soil over. And then another one comes over and cultivates it up a little bit more. So they work the ground, they work the soil. And then very soon, I'll start to see the grass start to spring up. And it's the same in our own heart as this. If we want to walk in the fullness of God, the answer is in our own heart. And it's in the words that we speak. How do we build substance in our life? Well, one, we've got to allow our parts of our life to be turned over. Hello? What does it mean to plough the field? Where there's parts of our heart that are dry or parts of our heart that have just become hard. Disappointment can cause your heart to be Stubbornness causes our heart to be hardened. Rebellion. Here's another one. Immaturity. There are people here today, there's a great call of God upon your life. You can prophesy, you can do some great things, you can experience the presence of God. All of that's wonderful. What you do need is for somebody to turn over their immaturity in your life. In other words, there's parts in your heart that you've got to grow up and take responsibility for. It's me too. (laughs) Where I've experienced disappointment, where I'm just not being responsible in some areas of my life, The Lord sends a plow to come along and scoops up and turns it over. What I want to be is not be a stump in the middle of the field. (laughs) I don't want to be that stump in the field that is just stuck in rebellion, stuck in immaturity. How do you know that you've hit a hard spot? Easy. Talk to any farmer well, listen, don't talk to them, just listen to any farmer who's plowing a field and they had a stump and you're going to hear some squeals. <laughs> when there's squeals happening in your life, I don't co- try and do it for the sake of trying to cause pain. I, I speak into people's life yeah. because I see something that needs to be flipped over. I don't like doing it. I can tell you now, I will avoid it if possible. Why? Because I know how painful it can be. But I do it because I know what's in you. Yeah. And I know that Christ wants to work inside of your heart. That's why I do it. That's why we run a heart seminar. That's why we run seminars and things that we do. Why? So it's allowed the plough of God, or the plough to come through and turn our life over. Then we put some fertilizer across it. We sow some seed. We do what we can. That's faith. And then the rain comes. For me, one of the things I want to work on is be aware where my heart is starting to harden, where disappointment, I experienced it during the week, I listened to the words I spoke during the week, and instantly I could feel my heart start to harden up, and I thought, oh no, Lord, I don't want to do that, I don't want to let disappointment, I don't want to let hardness get around my heart, I don't want to be the person that, when you send somebody to speak into a part of my character, start to just... Or silly. (laughs) Lord, I want to just, I want to be somebody that encourages, but also somebody that turns over and plows, uh, plows. uh, I also need encouragement. I also need the rain. Where are you looking? To whom are you looking? What are you doing to build and cultivate faith inside of your life? I want to help us as a church. For me, what I'm believing for in this coming year, I'm believing that we will grow more fruitful than we've ever been before. I'm believing for wealth to increase in your life. I'm believing for power to increase in your life. I am believing for it to happen. I am believing for you. To take not just one, but two, three, four steps closer into what God has called you to be. I believe in what God has placed inside of your heart. I believe in what God has placed inside of this church. I'm not looking to copy anyone else. I'm not looking to be somebody else's mint that just prints out the same cookie cutter all the time. No, I'm believing for the variety of seeds that have been planted in this place to spring up that there is a garden not just full of cabbages, but there's all sorts of trees. All sorts of trees. The question will be simply this. Will you allow your life to be turned over? Will you allow somebody to plough up your heart? Will you allow somebody to get inside of your character? Will you allow somebody to adjust, beha- adjust your behaviour? Will you do some hard yards? Will you start to touch the areas of your life that are hard? Will you start to deal with the disappointment of yesterday? Will you start to get over a fence? Will you start to get, come to church and allow your heart to express and to dance and sing? Or what will you do? Build substance in your life? What will you start to do to practically build faith inside of your life instead of just sitting there one week to the next week? What will you start to do? What will I start to do? Oh, Jesus, Come, Holy Spirit. Come on. Just stand to your feet. If only we could see. If only we could see what God has already put inside of you. If only we could see what God has already placed inside of us as a church, collectively and individually. I'll give you one example. A friend of mine has just come back from a church in Ukraine. That church is one of the largest churches in Ukraine. That church was planted by somebody from this church who called somebody out of a crowd and said, God is going to use you one day to be a pastor of a great church. The guy never believed it. And now he is the pastor of one of the largest churches that came out of this place. It's just one. It's just one. I wonder if we could really and truly see well, God has really placed everything that we have, all the fullness of God is already inside of you. Yes. Stop looking over there. Yeah. Stop looking to a person. Start to look and fix your eyes upon yeah. Jesus again. Amen. It is Him that has begun the work, and it will complete it as long as we respond to Him. Come on, just lift your hands. Holy Spirit, come through this place. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Ghost. Come on, just talk to him. Talk to him, people. Talk to him this morning. Shara Bakasiandai. Kalabusiyarabakasiara Bhusiandai. Shara Bakasyandarayandai. Come on, let your spirit rise. Shara Bakasiara Bhusiandai. Shara Bakasya Rabakasy Andai. Era bosarabusyandai. If only you could see. Only I could see. Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes, Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you even today for future prime ministers. I thank you today for policy makers in the kids' church right now been sown into I thank you for our young ones right now Amen. who will shift economies. I thank you today for our apostles in this place that will, will plant and shift atmospheres over regions. I thank you, Lord, for business people, businessmen, businesswomen. I thank you, Lord, for what you've already placed in the places in here. Breathe Holy Spirit. I want to ask you just one question. If you uh, would be really honest with yourself, and if you've been looking to a person, you've been searching for other places, except the very place that you should be looking, to whom are you looking, truly? You're looking for a a prophet? To whom are you looking? Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Jesus. Where are you looking? Are you looking out there, or are you looking in your own heart? What are you doing about it? Are you plowing your field? Are you resistant? Are you going to be the stump in the middle of the field that everybody has to go around? Or are you going to say, come Holy Spirit, I open up my heart to you. I invite your voice, whether it's my boss, whether it's my cell group leader, whether it's my people around you, speak into my life. I won't be resistant. I'm not going to be stubborn. I'm not going to remain immature as a child. But Lord, I'll allow the parts of my life that are hard and brittle to be turned over so that I can receive your seed, that I can receive the fertilizer. That I can receive your reign. Only you can make that decision. Let's lift our hands one more time. We wait for you. We wait. thank you for your ministry in our lives. We thank you for your ministry in our heart. Holy Spirit, we invite you to have your way. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that even when it seems like you're not there, you are still there. You are working in our heart. You are working in our emotions. You're working in every part of our being. Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts to you afresh today. We welcome your ministry, Spirit of truth, comfort of heaven. We welcome your ministry into our lives. We welcome your ministry into Bay City. Come, Holy Spirit, work with us. Help us us build faith in our lives, Holy Spirit. Spirit of faith arise in our midst. Lord, I pray for people that are here and their hearts have been hardened by disappointment or been stunted. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd bring truth, that you'd help us. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Soften our hearts today, Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, send your rain upon every heart and every family here today. We welcome you, Lord. We bless your holy name. Lord God's people said, Come on, all God's people said, come on, give Jesus a shout of praise.